TikTok, 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 TikTok. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, holy shit sticks and everything else. Um, hang on a second. Let me just get this uh, feed shared while it's live. Uh, thank you guys for all being here. Um, I know it takes a few minutes for people to get on. So I just want to acknowledge that and give you time a moment here because more than ever, this is probably going to be one of the, uh, whoops, don't want to hear myself. Um, <laughs> um, this will probably be honestly one of the, I don't even know the words to say, honestly, the words I'm trying to find lately to say what I feel have been really problematic because there's so many different emotions and so many different feelings that I'm going through. And obviously as a, as a society, as a world, as a family, as a community that we're going through, and I'm just going to be honest with you guys, you know, you guys are here watching the raw and unscripted show with Christopher Roush, by the way, thank you guys for being here where I help you become unstoppable and all that good stuff. And I can't remember my tagline at the moment because my thoughts and my emotions are so, so tied up into what's going on in the world around us that, um, that it's just weird. And that weirdness is okay. You know, I'm just free falling into this particular interview, uh, free falling into a lot of things in my life and just showing up and trying to figure out what it is that I can do to make a difference. You guys know me, you guys have followed me for a long time. You guys know kick-ass unstoppable, no excuses coach. And I've always been a very strong advocate for fighting for what's right and what's fair, risking for which that mattered, making the world a better place for who I was and what I did. That's my legacy. That's my eulogy. But the God's honest truth is I have not stepped over certain lines due to the fact of previous obligations, previous relationships that I had corporately and everything else that I wasn't ready to make those statements and make those pledges and, and do the work and really get into things and potentially honestly lose some friends or lose people in my life that I care about because I may say something inaccurately. I may do something. I may inadvertently ask the wrong question, wherever it might be. But at the end of the day, this broadcast, especially today is about being raw and unscripted and, and free falling into your vulnerability and free falling into not knowing what you might say next and being okay with that. Because I think what the problem is and, and part of our society and, potent, and potentially we're going to talk about that with our guest is the fact that we're so afraid of what to say that we don't say anything at all. And that silence is what's deafening. And that's what, that's where we need to raise our voice. And that's why I bring you the show every single week is that my goal in life is to make a difference is to change your perspective about even one nuance that either something I say, my guest says, or just something that shifts your perspective in such a way that you, you, you're able to take success to the next level. You're able to be more unstoppable. You're able to be more loving. You're able to be more caring. You're able to be more understanding, more giving. And ultimately at the, at the end of the day, when I look back and I think about the things that I do and the things I'm going to do, I really want my legacy for my son to look back and say, holy shit, you know, my dad motivated people, inspired people, got people to change and everything. But now look, he, you know, in, in the midst of what was going on in 2020, he stood up and took a chance and took a risk to, to, to raise his voice on behalf of other people and to make the world even a better place and unify it and make it more of a community and a family and be a part of the solution really in the trenches versus just, you know, on, on microphones and, 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 video cameras and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And I do, I'm doing this because I also want you guys out there who, if you've been on the fence, you've been pissed off about something, you want to do something, but you don't know how to do something. You're afraid to say something. You don't know how you're going to be perceived. That is what I'm here for. I'm here to be that leader. I mean, I call myself the no excuses coach. We talk about being unstoppable and you have to own it. You have to be convicted to it. And you have to realize there may be things that you're going to say and share. They're going to piss people off and you have to wish them well. That's one of my problems is I love all people and I try to make all people like each other and I try to do all these things. But at the end of the day, 
you have to sp- you have to speak up and you have to stand up. And that's one of the things that I truly love and respect about my guest. Um, I, I've only met Raquel, I think maybe a week or two ago here on Facebook. We got to talking about some stuff, life situations and whatnot. And I just was really attracted to her vulnerability, her honesty, her intelligence, her, um, her passion, her, her calmness and her wisdom. And when all of this broke down with the riots and, and, and obviously the killing of George Floyd and everything else that's going on in the world, um, I simply was reaching out to my friends and saying, Hey, listen, you know, I've got a platform, I've got a show, I've got people that follow me or, you know, I hate even hate that word, but you know, people that are here with me every week that are looking for something, would you want a platform to come on here and share your story and your situation as it pertains to these times in our lives? And she, yes, she said, yes. And so I really want, I'm really proud and honored to be able to introduce and bring you to the show. Um, Miss Raquel, make sure I get your name right. Raquel. Christopher Raquel Futrell McDermott. I had it right when I was in the shower, damn it. (laughs) How are you doing, Raquel? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I honestly would be rather, I'd rather be talking about unicorns than all this other stuff, but unicorns and these kiddos, Mm -hmm. these beautiful children, this is several years ago, but uh, for their protection right now, they're going to be little. Um, They deserve for me to be talking about this, even though I'm extremely uncomfortable and I can't tell you how many times I wanted to call you today and say, forget it. I don't want to talk about this. I understand. And I kind of expected that, honestly, but in a way, I think I already know you so well, and it's kind of creepy to say that, but I knew you wanted to, but I knew you wouldn't. I just knew you wouldn't. I thought maybe you might, but I was like, no, no, no. This is, this is a conversation she wants to have. And this is a conversation that I want to have. Honestly, Raquel, I want to learn more. I want to open up my own, my own beliefs, my own perspectives, even deeper than I, than I have. And I thought I had a pretty good perspective and a pretty good understanding of things. But it wasn't until recently when I did a video where somebody, when I said all lives matter and just trying to get into that and trying to be like unifying, but at the same time, I wasn't understanding really how it pertains to the segment of society and what their views are of when you say something like that. And it's so crazy right now, like I said in the intro, the words we use and everything, but the message that, 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 that Raquel and I are bringing you to, tonight is from the heart. It's just, it's strictly just to bridge us and the, to gain a better understanding from other perspectives. And with that, Raquel, I would just like for you just to go ahead and share, you know, a little bit of your story and a little bit of the reasons why this is so important to you and, and what your mission is with this particular interview and what we can do to inspire people, get people to think differently, or simply just to understand and listen. That's one thing I really want to do in this interview that I normally don't do mm-hmm. is do a better job of really listening and, and really pay, paying attention to what it is that you're saying, because it's so you know, monumentally important. So I just want to thank you and respect you for being here tonight and, uh, and just interested in hearing everything that you have to say. Thank you. And, and thank you for providing this opportunity, even though I'm hesitant and nervous. Um, and the reason I am nervous is because usually I keep things, th- things like this are somewhat private and heartfelt. Yep. Um, you know, I was married to a black man for 19 years. And in fact, my ex-husband, I actually called and we talked yesterday and, and we kind of laughed about, you know, not ha ha laughed, but um, the fact is, is that this is not a surprise to us. This is stuff that we've been seeing and experiencing 
um, gosh, for, for as long as we can remember, you know, um, and my, my whole intent behind when I accepted your offer was I'm not going to fix anything. I'm not going to change anybody's mind, you know, on social media. However, I can help with healing. And, and I think that's what it boils down to, you know, when I, I'm a white mother raising three biracial children. However, in society, quite often they're viewed as just black. And, you know, my son is 13, but by the time he was 11, he had already experienced hate because of the color of his skin. He had already experienced not being safe because of the color of his skin. I've been mocked and made fun of since I was a kid because I'm so, let's face it, I'm pretty pale. You know, the sun reflects off me. And, but I never once felt unsafe because of the color of my skin. But that's the world that I'm, I'm raising my kids in. And my oldest daughter is 23. And I thought naively, because I love to live in this world of, you know, rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns, that there would be more healing. And right now, what I am seeing is more of a division with so many things. And, you know, I firmly believe that we are the United States of America, not the divided States of America. And that's really what I'm seeing is a bunch of division. Um, and you can tell I'm not used to being on screen because I feel like I'm doing the sideways thing. So if, if I'm giving you guys a little headache, sorry about that. Um, so that's that's my whole mission even with my coaching my whole mission is to is to heal you know my focus is women and teens and to help healing um, but when i have you know teenagers reaching out to me and other people reaching out to me my own kids reaching out to me and saying why why is this hate happening still still why is it happening you know why am i having to teach my son and my daughters um how to you know be pulled over appropriately, you know, and I was talking to a girlfriend earlier today whose fiance is a police officer and we had a wonderful talks about what's going on right now and, and the hurt that's going on. And um, I, I would love for us to be in a world where there isn't hurt, but what I am clear on is that hurt people hurt people. And I know for myself that when I started doing my work and my healing of my wounds from childhood and so forth and so on, and started falling in love with myself, I organically fell in love with the rest of humanity. And so that's, I want to gift that to other people. You know, I want to, my hope is that that, that healing will happen and it takes one person at a time and it's not going to happen overnight because this systematic bullshit that's been happening it has not didn't happen overnight either you know and i've also had numerous conversations this past week actually past few months with people that believe differently than me and i didn't have to be right and they didn't have to be right Beautiful. you know it's it's just listening to each other and saying okay i don't really you know care for what you're saying but I still love you because I know the intent of your heart. And if we know the intent of other people's hearts and give them grace, because people are going to slip up, they're going to say the wrong thing. 
Um, to be quite frank, uh, both my daughters identify as Pan. Um, my middle daughter identifies as they, them. And quite often I will say she or her, and I will slip up. And we've had numerous conversations about how it's a habit, it's, you know, 17 year habit of saying, you know, her or she. And um, so all that's going on is just impacting my family directly in, in numerous ways. And I just want to be a stand for, for people to have healing. And that's, that's where I'm at. I hope yeah. It yeah. Uh, Raquel, thank you for sharing that. I mean, just on the offset, there's so many questions that come to mind and, and, and it's interesting that you brought up the fact of teaching your kids, you know, how to drive and how to get pulled over. I was just watching a video earlier today that I posted on my Facebook. And honestly, I, I know from my own personal experience of getting pulled over and being harassed, but I can't even imagine the situations in that. Talk to us about what that conversation sounds like. I mean, let us understand, you know, the positioning of, of where that comes from and what it is that you have to go through when getting pulled over or, you know, having those situations where police might be involved, where you're, you're, un, you're on, you're trying you're doing your thing. Everything's fine, but you have to sit there and go in with the idea. They might think I'm this talk to us a little bit about that and how, and how you as a mother in another part of that is how you as a mother take that on. I mean, I get chills just thinking about, you know, if I had to have that conversation and trying to figure that out, how do you, how do you do that? But let's, let's find out about a little bit more about that. Well, I don't think there's a perfect answer um, because we're not perfect people. But what I have shared with my daughter that does drive, I'm sorry, yeah, daughter that drives, my kid that drives, is you keep your hands on the steering wheel. That's it. Mm -hmm. and, and be respectful. You know, I I grew up in a house. My dad was a corrections officer. And, you know, so I'm, I'm used to being around law enforcement. And thankfully, you know, being in the Pacific Northwest, we're kind of in this, I wouldn't say bubble, but probably more so a bubble. But, you know, um, I know a lot of great cops. However, that doesn't mean that at some point in time, my kids aren't going to run into someone that that isn't because we have bad apples in every career. You know, we have, doesn't matter what it is. You know, we are humans. We are fallibly imperfect. I love that. Infallibly, infallibly perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point. And to build on what you were saying about before, when I was listening to, I can't remember her name at the, at the present moment, but it's a video on my Facebook, you know, she carried that, that being pulled over to like every, she says, I narrate everything I'm doing. She says, when I get pulled over, my hands are on the steering wheel officer, my hands are on the steering wheel officer. My purse is on the seat. It is red. It has my wallet in it. My wallet's white. Please watch my hands as I go to my wallet and get this. It's just heartbreaking. Everything she's trying to do. And she's trying officer, please don't misunderstand me or mistake me. And then she lives in a very well, I'm, I'm assuming a, a nicer, wealthier neighborhood. So then they, she says, it's a 45 minute stop for me to get pulled over. And she goes, then they go, okay, where are you coming from? Where are you going? So not, she's already tried to put herself out there like, Hey, I'm, I'm cool. Everything's nice. And then she's still getting the secondary, like, what are you doing in this neighborhood thing? I mean, it just, it literally just broke my heart and, and blows my mind that, um, that there's still that situation out there. But I love what you said that there are, you know, bad situations in every group of people. And thank you for saying that because I hate to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I hate when people say all cops are bad or police are bad or these are bad. It's like, you can't make a generalization about something that you don't understand. And that's my, that's my situation. in this is to seek first to understand. And in the, in the second part of that is to really listen. 
I don't think most of us do a really good job of listening. We hear, and then we do selective hearing, and we hear a couple of things, we put it together, we make an assumption, and we go off on our merry way thinking we understand it. But especially the purpose in, the, in these times is to really listen and understand, and that's something I've been paying attention to. Raquel, talk to us about your overall journey in life and in some of the, the defining moments that were either horrible and terrible or terrifying or frustrating or painful. And also some of the ones that perhaps along the way you shifted somebody's perspective or somebody changed their uh, opinion about something or something evolved in a positive way. Talk to us about that overall journey and a couple of the defining moments in your life. Well, for me, one of the defining after our conversation the other day, I, I started opening boxes of that I had had closed for a long time. Um, one of the memories that I stands out to me the most is when I was with a group of my friends who were all either black or Mexican, and we were being chased by these, I, I don't remember if all of them were white or not. I honestly, it was when I was a teenager and that was a million years ago, but these guys had bats and we finally pulled over trying to resolve the situation and the cops showed up and they put my friends in the back of the vehicle of the cop cars instead of the guys that were trying to assault us that had bats and like i said my dad's a corrections officer and somehow the way my dad came down in the middle of all this chaos and vouched for me and my friends that we were good people but you know as people are driving by and they're seeing these guys in the back of a cop car your first assumption is oh they're bad they're in the back of a cop car but the guys that were were bad that had the bats and were out to you know really do harm were just standing there on the sidewalk like nothing um and that was one of my my big ahas of what the heck is going on you know because in in my little mind i'd always thought that we were just all brothers and sisters in this world. We're all, you know, a soul with, you know, wrapped around, you know, this meat sack, you know, that's around us. And and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what, what shade. And so that was the first in my face reality check of, of how my friends could be in danger. And, you know, and then when I, you know, was engaged and married my my you know then husband i was told that that was a, a fad and or a phase and i'd you know it, i wouldn't it wouldn't last long you know and i think in this time in you know day and age 19 years is a pretty good go and we, we still get along fairly well you know we weren't married for 19 years so we jerks to each other you know and and i used to get mad i'd be around i'm one of those people that if somebody does something you know I'm going to get in their face, you know, being at a, a Costco and a, a lady smacking her two-year-old and I'm in her face immediately saying, if you're going to hit somebody, hit somebody your own size, I'm right here, you know? And so we, you know, being in action, I, I just don't talk the talk. I've gotten years ago, I was fired from a job because the, uh, a customer came in and was basically talking about one of the Mexican migrant workers, like he was a piece of farm equipment. And I, lost it. And I said, that's a fellow human being you're talking about. And, and whatever else I said, anyhow, I, I was let go from that job, but I wasn't about to just stand there and let somebody treat a human being less than. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, there have also been times where my ex-husband or friends have been called racial slurs and I've gotten in the person's face. Whereas the other, you know, my ex-husband or whoever I was with would, would say, just let them go. They're ignorant. And, and I would get after them and yell at them and tell them how wrong and horrible they were. And I, I finally have gotten to the point where I, I know that that isn't going to create any healing. That's, that's a memory that person's going to have of that's how I get somebody to react and respond. And, you know, fast forward several years later, about three or four years ago, my son came in the house and he said, hey, this little kid outside just called me the N-word. And I was just like, how old was he at that time? Um, he was probably 10. Was that yeah. the first major experience of him hearing that or being on the, the receiving end of something like that? Being on the receiving end. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, um, my girls thankfully haven't had experiences like that. Um, I, I see quite often that black boys and black men are treated much less than, than uh, black women from my experience with my kids. Uh, and again, not being a black person, black woman or black man, I, I don't have a right to speak into that. I'm just speaking from my children's experiences. And, you know, part of me wanted to go out and yell at this kid. You know, in our neighbor, our very small neighborhood at the time, there were nine boys under the age of 12 and they were all playing together. And the little boy that had called him this vile name was five and in kindergarten. And I gathered all the boys together and I took some deep breaths and regained my composure. And we talked about how that word was created to dehumanize other people, to make them feel less than. And then I, I brought it down. I tried to bring it down to the kid level of, do you like to be called names? What does it feel like? You know, who all has been called a name in here? And we really just had a conversation and they really got clear that none of that worked. And I also shared with them that we're here on this earth to inspire and empower each other. And I also gave them my word that I would be there if they had any issues or problems that I would be there to inspire and empower them. And behind that, I was able to empower and inspire, you know, inspire my son. And he wound up being really good friends with this little boy. And they, we, they are family, their family lived next to our family for a few years. Wow. And that wouldn't have happened if I had gone out and been all angry and mad, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. And we just can't make an, an another side track side point here, you know, as, as white people, we can't sit here and say, gosh, I feel bad or guilty about the stuff that's going on. So let me go do something about it. Now, this is something where we get in the trenches. You know, if you don't have people of color in your life, can, can you, do you want to go be a police officer? Do you want to go be a social worker? What are you going to do to create lasting change, you know, just because you're yeah. feeling guilty or, oh, this sucks, you know, or whatever we're dealing with right now, this isn't a flash in the pan. This is something that is going on and has been going on and needs to be addressed constantly. That support and that love and that encouragement, every, all of this needs to be going on for humanity on a regular basis. Mm. But doing something out of guilt isn't going to do anybody any good. 
-hmm. you know, you should never, even in a relationship, you don't love that person because you feel guilty. Oh, I cheated on them. So I better stay with them because I feel really guilty. You know, that doesn't bring that relationship super, you know, into a healthy place. What does work when you're like, you know what? I really love that person and I want what's best for them and I want them to have an amazing life. That's what works. Yes. Yes. And what, what also, excuse me, told you I had frogs in my throat. Um, also what I love what you did, Raquel. I mean, that is such a massive move to go have a conversation with the kids, like have a conversation and explain the the background of something and why you're doing that. I mean, it, it seems, it seems so ridiculous that we have to think about that, but yet what is, you said the word before reaction, you know, our reaction is to go out there and give somebody a piece of our mind, feel better. We did our thing. We were in control. We solved the problem. And then we can go back to watching our Netflix. But I love the fact that you went out there and said, Hey, listen, I can make this a moment that can last this little, little boy's life, a lifetime to where he doesn't make that mistake the next time and get a, you know, get something to happen to him when he didn't, he probably himself didn't really understand what the heck the word meant. And that's the, that's what I'm advocating is, is all of us having more of those conversations like this and being able to understand that and go out there and say, listen, this is where, this is where it comes from. And this is how we can potentially, you know, bridge the gap on some of this stuff by having those conversations and understanding that better. And I love how you bring out the fact of being white. <clears throat> I mean, that's honestly something that, you know, I've always had people all of all races, genders, sizes in my life. I mean, I, I'm literally one of those people that, like you said, the unicorn, the rainbow unicorn, bring them on. Let's have a blast. Let's talk. Let's learn from each other. We don't have to agree on every single thing. We can we agree to disagree. We can we can formulate, you know, rounded out opinions about things, you know, but at the end of the day, let's all have that conversation. Let's understand each other better. Um, so I really value what you're saying with that in in today's times. You know, you said two of your two of your your daughters are older. Um, talk to us about the difference in their childhoods. Perhaps have, have things improved. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, have things improved as a mother in your experience with things in your life? Have things improved, or was that just all a mask? Or are things getting worse? Talk to us about where you see things from your perspective and enlighten us a little bit so that we understand better. Because Honestly, up until a lot of the stuff, I thought things are getting better. Things are, I mean, I guess until Facebook, you know, I was really seeing people mm -hmm. in the streets and talking and I thought things are getting better. We don't have that problem anymore. And if you guys don't know the backstory, just go back in, into the sixties and you can see some of the amazing stuff that was happening. That, that just blows my mind. I, I saw it in a museum and I was just torn apart at seeing there was different bathrooms and different faucets and different places at the counter to sit. And it gives me chills. And that was only back in the sixties. I'm like, wow. But to answer the question, I mean, the question is, have you seen it improve or, you know, what's your stance on all of that? Well, I'll get back to that in a second. You're talking about the 60s. Uh, did you know that it wasn't until 1967 that Mr. and Mrs. Loving actually, because of them, interracial marriage became legal? And um, it wasn't until early 70s where it became legal in all 50 states. You know, and that's, I was alive by then, you know, so that's. That's, that's crazy. Um, I'm sorry. I, can you repeat exactly what you just said? <laughs> no problem. Let's, let's just take a second. Cause we have a lot of people watching. And by the way, thank you all so much for being here and sharing and making the time to be here with Raquel and I, I mean, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much. massive, massive. I mean, Christy Jones says that is beautiful. Raquel, how you taught the children. That is so important. Thank you for sharing. 
Um, my buddy Scott, my co-host on Friday Night Lives, my brother from another mother, says very powerful, beautifully worded. Scott also says up here, Scott, Scott's got brilliant mind, got lots of great questions. He says, not everyone is brave enough to speak up to injustice yet. What can an average person do to intervene, help when we see injustice? That is a great question. But um, let's, you want to answer that one first or the one I originally asked you? I'll answer that one. Um, okay. it, it depends on what sort of injustice. First of all, you know, we can't be, you know, being a cop. You know, we, you don't want to, we don't take on the role of being a cop, but to say something, I'm a firm believer. And this is something else I've taught my children. And, you know, I keep talking about my children, but you know, I've been divorced for almost eight and a half years and I've had them quite often, almost a hundred percent. But one of the things that I've taught them is silence is an agreeer, you know, and when we stay silent about something, we're saying, yeah, that's okay. And so if you see an injustice happening, say something, do something, you know, even if it's not perfectly worded, even if it's you saying something is better than you just pretending it didn't happen. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, but when I think about that, I think about people sitting there saying, you know, what if I say that and they come back at me for this? So maybe I should just keep my mouth shut you know, cause I know there's even for myself sometimes, and I'm not usually feeling awkward, but sometimes I find it difficult and what to say and what to do so that I'm not perceived as somebody who might be think just based on my looks, like they see a white guy with a bandana and tattoos, like, okay, is he some sort of hickey redneck that doesn't like black people or something like that? So I'm finding it a little bit weird how I approach situations so that I don't approach it to think that they're, you know, you know what I mean? It's just kind of crazy. Just my humble opinion, when we approach something with our heart and our integrity intact, with our ethics and our morals, that's more important than our actions are going to show up much more than our words. Because I can tell you when I talked to those nine little boys and I was talking to my son and then they all apologized to my son because they finally got present to how that just didn't work for humanity to level up. Then, you know, and every time I've confronted someone when there's been an, an injustice and I've seen just a horrible behavior. I have had knots in my stomach, you know, but there's just something that takes over and I just don't want to see it, you know? And then there are times when something happens and I'm, you know, I shared with you the other day, my kid and I went to Walmart to buy makeup and I, I'm just standing there watching because I, I am legally colorblind, you know, I see shades bad. So makeup and I are not the best of friends. You know, the lipstick I'm wearing was given to me by somebody that said, here, this matches you. Otherwise I have no idea, you know, Um, this is probably the first time in like three months I've actually worn makeup, but we're sitting there picking out makeup and, you know, my daughter is looking and looking and looking at stuff. And we're not at Shiseido. We're not at Estee Lauder Clinique. There's no counter help, but all of a sudden we're getting help, you know, and I decided in that moment not to call this woman out and to be really crappy. I just said, oh, you're here to help us? That's great. What do you think of this, this, and this? So I said, fine, we'll play this little game, you know? And that's where it's at. You know, we can can be jerks about any situation or we can just give somebody grace you know, and this was also a, a woman that was in a white woman that was probably in her 70s. So I wanted to take and she wasn't being malicious, but at the same time, we were being profiled. 
And I thought, fine, we're going to just be in the situation where she's going to get loved on in this situation instead of us being a jerk. And that's how I've raised my kids is to, to be love, to give people grace. And it helps you with your BS meter because you really get, is somebody kissing my butt? Is this BS or somebody truly trying to be a good person? They just aren't sure what to say or do in this moment because they feel awkward. So just being in action and having your intentions be that, that, that are, are good, that, that goes a long way. Is that mm-hmm. sense there? I feel like I'm just bleh. No, no, no. It, it does make sense. And it really goes back to the simplicity of life. You know, the golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated, you know, have, give people respect, give people the benefit of the doubt, give people the opportunity to speak and actually listen, you know, and I'm, I've been famous for saying this for years and years and years. You just try and identify, like, see how you are more similar than you are different. And it's so crazy because, you know, I think about my three and a half year old son, Jackson, and I see him at school playing with all sorts of different kids, different colors, different, those kids are going to turn out differently. And you watch all of these kids and they don't give a shit what you look like, literally what you smell like. And everything. they're just like, are we playing? Are we having fun? Cool. Yeah. Where, Where does it, where does it get screwed up? Raquel. And I know obviously there's, there's, there's things we could point to like families that are, that are like, you know, born racist. They're just, they're just like that. And I, and I make that, that connotation with the Southern accent, just totally out of, you know, playing something. So please don't write me hate mail saying, Oh my God. Um, But you know what I'm saying? Some people, some families are just that way, but talk to us where you feel that it comes into play as we become older. Where does it, where does that come in? Like you're different. I'm different. Okay. I got to find something to pick apart. What is it for you and your experiences in raising your kids that maybe you you can identify for those of us who have parents or who are parents um, with raising our kids and to be on the lookout for that if they start saying something or seeing something or or ways we can contribute to the teachers if if something's going on. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I my opinion again from my experience is that's great that your son's out on the playground playing with all these kids that are different colors. Are those kids that are different colors coming over to your home and playing with him too? Or is it just at a distance? You know, are you, uh, what kind of TV shows are you watching? Are you watching things that are filled with stereotypes? You know, um, things like that. But as, where does it change when we grow up? My personal opinion is that we, doesn't matter if your parents are perfect or if they're totally screwed up, but we all have wounding. And when we have wounding and then we don't get healing around that wounding, then what happens is we're walking around with this big gaping wound and we're bleeding on other people and we don't truly love ourselves because we can't, we haven't, haven't worked on this healing with ourselves. And from my experience, once I started working on my own wounding from my childhood and my teen years, I started falling in love with myself. And once I fell in love with myself and, and don't take that as I fell in love with myself and I'm all arrogant and think I'm all that because that's not what it's about, but falling in love with myself and knowing my worth and my value. Once I did that organically, I just started falling, you know, more in love with humanity, with everyone, yes, you yes. know, being able to see the beauty in, in everyone. And it doesn't mean that if you're toxic and bleeding all over everybody, I'm going to be like, Oh, you are looking good. You're a good catch. No, no. you know, but it, it <laughs> no, I won't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, we're on a scripted show. 
I think that it starts one person at a time. We we get that healing going and we get to, to heal, you know, and hopefully we get that healing going before we start raising little people, you know, because when we're whole and healed and we're raising kids, then we're, they're going to have, they're going to have an advantage. They're going to be a step ahead. Absolutely. Um, going out, I just want to bring up, I missed a point earlier. Pamela says, in my honest opinion, what needs to change is the way we as a society view each other as human beings and how much we value human life. Right. And that starts exactly. with viewing ourselves. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's such an important point, Pam, and I'm so glad you, that you brought that up and you're here. Thank um, you. It, it really is. And, and I think when I, the work I've done with at-risk kids, you know, juvenile delinquents, I've been a mentor for the police department and I've just worked with a lot of at-risk kids due to the situation I had in my childhood being an at-risk kid and making it and, and being a success in my life. But in looking at these kids, one of the things that I find the most troubling and one of the hardest things to get them to change is to love themselves first. They've grown up in situations and families where they were not loved. They were not cared for. They were treated like a commodity and they had to go out and they had to survive on the streets. They had to go find their brothers and sisters and gangs and, and find, you know, their family and the people that were going to be there for them. But, you know, as far as that, they were taught to love their, their, their gangs and everything else. They weren't right. taught to love themselves. And I mean, isn't, I mean, isn't that the most important thing out of all of this is once you love yourself, then you're able to love others. But if you hate yourself and you hate everything around you, chances are you're going to hate others. Isn't that an accurate statement? Yeah, I, I believe it's accurate. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people walking around saying, oh, I love myself. I'm, I'm amazing. I'm badass, but that's a facade. So if you drop the facade and you, you know, let go of all the bullshit, then you allow that healing and, and healing isn't, it's not something that just woo woo people and women do, you know, it's something that we all get to do. We all get to heal. And there's so many ways, especially with, you know, this, in these times and days with us having so much access to the, inter the internet, there's so many programs and coaching and there's so many books, there's audible, there's, we have it at our fingertips to heal. It's just, do you really want that healing? Do you, do you want to, you know, when did that first time, when do you remember someone first, you know, letting you know through their actions that you weren't worth anything? Hmm. I remember. <laughs> How old were you? Old enough to think. I was probably like four years old. Right. And so that's when the seed starts. Mm -hmm. And it's not always what that parent meant. I've had conversations with my kids. I, I've said, you know, what, what did you make that mean? Oh, that you're, you're pissed off and you're this and this and that. And I'm just shocked. I'm floored, you know, that that's what my stern voice, you know, to them, they made my stern voice mean that I was super angry. And, and what it was in that moment sometimes was I was focused, you know, so it's great to stop with our kids and say, wait, what, you know, if, if they walk up, up, you know, walk away from the conversation upset, you can stop them and say, wait, wait, what did you make that mean? Yes. You know, what I just said, did, you know, you're clear that I'm not mad at you. You're clear that I love you or, you know, or just as a parent, stop fucking talking and ask your kids questions. You know, how did that land with you? How did that make you feel? What did you make that mean? And then listen to listen. Don't listen to reply. 
you know, because we're not, we don't need to be fixed. We need to be heard. We need to be seen. Yes. We, need to, we need to make sure that communication is there back and forth. But fixing, no. Mm -hmm. That's why I say seek first to understand, then to be understood. Um, <clears throat> got great comments coming in. Leanne, what's up, Leanne? Good evening. Thank you for being here. I love that. I love. Give people grace. Do you feel the media makes the situation worse? Do you feel <laughs> the media would show more of positive stories than maybe it would help? You know what, Leanne? That is a great, great question. We need more positivity in the news. We need more shows that are detailing the positivity in the news. Hint, Pamela. Um, mm -hmm. So, so what are your what are your thoughts on 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 those? My thought is it's the old stereotype of if it bleeds, it leads. Yep. There is no business, you know, with with spreading good news and joy. I, I literally Googled good news last night. Couldn't find any. Really? I was like, uh, that's not good news. I don't know where, you know. And and so it's it's amazing. Um the lack of of I would love if there was a news program, if anybody on here is a news anchor or whatever, if there was a news program where we caught people doing good and that was a regular thing, you know, and we, we highlight that and share that. Like a weekly podcast show that came to you with different people every week, sharing positive stories, showing what's going on great in the world, right? Right. That's funny. You should talk about that. There's somebody here in the chat group that's working on that very thing. So I just, Ooh. I kind of say that. Um, yeah sarcastically, but it's an, it's an exciting thing that she's coming up with. She's like, you know, Hey, wait a minute. There's a ton of stuff that's going on great in the world. You watch, the news, you watch the news for 45 minutes and all of a sudden it's like coming up next, the hero of the week. And they spend two seconds on it. It's like, come on, that's ridiculous. There's the thing that I've seen out of this Raquel is that's really moved me is more than ever. I mean, I've been around for the riots. I've been, I mean, I grew up in Inglewood. I can, I can't even compare myself, my story to anyone else's in this situation. Obviously I can have severe empathy and compassion for the things that I've been through and my friends I've watched that have gone through that. Um, but you know, the globalization that's going on, the unity, the unification around the world right now over this is at least in my recollection, nothing it's, it's, it's un, it's unheard of. I mean, seeing Brazil and all these different countries sitting there saying, no, this is bullshit. We're not going to do that. That, shifted that shifted my perspective the other night god's honest truth and i can't remember if i shared this with you i was actually washing my hands and i'm like and i and i and i me and my buddy scott talk about this we feel the energy of the world and the god's honest truth is i wasn't giving a lot of this my full attention because i knew if i got into the cyclone that i know myself that i would want to do something to step up and make a difference and and challenge those policies challenge the people on facebook get grittier get more I won't say confrontational, but at the same time, start questioning people on their post and their stupidity and the things that they're doing. And I'm like, how can I shift this? Because I'm starting to get pissed off again. And I used to be a very angry person and I used to want to be right and do all those different things. And it's through my own coaching and through everything else that I've done to become the person I am. And I'm like, okay. And what I teach is how do you shift the perspective? And I sat there washing my hands and I thought, wow, to shift the perspective that this just could be you know, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years down the road, people are going to open up history books, hopefully, or some sort of history. And they're going to go back to, Hey, what were some of the big times in our past where shit really got straight? 
And finally, we made a resolution on how our governments ran and how our local city governments ran and how the judicial system is working, how justice is served, how cops are hired. You know, they look back on 2020 and the, and the years after this, and they see that as the pivotal moment, the moment, the defining moment where a lot of the stuff fell by the wayside, the world united, and we really started taking responsibility for our actions and more importantly, getting involved like this into the solutions. And it gave it a different meaning. It really, it really kind of inspired me. And it wasn't like rose colored glasses, but again, you look at the, at the, at the continuity around the world. What are your thoughts on that? When you see that, that the people outside the country are saying, Hey, this is all bullshit. We're getting sick and tired too of all this. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts honestly are, I hope this isn't just an instant gratification moment where people are thinking, well, we're going to do this in this one moment of time and things are going to be fixed because yeah. they're not. <clears throat> this has to be something, like I said earlier, this has to be something that we are focused on and doing something about. And it's not talked about a lot because it's, it's uncomfortable. And people, it's the same reason relationships fall apart. Don't want to have that uncomfortable, you know, conversation, Ooh, you know, they might get mad, you know, but if we get comfortable with being uncomfortable and have these uncomfortable conversations with people, with strangers, and it's going to make it, it's going to make a difference, but it just can't be this. We're going to be upset for a moment and hope things change. We, we have to be consistent and persistent about it. And not only that, not just lip service, but your actions. Yep. You know, this is something that my kids live with all the time. And this is something that I was, I was sharing with my 18 year old kid the other day. I said, I'll be honest, and this is something I haven't shared before, but when your older sister was wanting to go walk around town, and we live in a super small town, maybe 10,000 people, and I said, I didn't let her walk around because I was afraid that she might be harmed. So many people talk about they're not going to let their kids out because they're afraid they're going to get kidnapped. Well, I didn't let my kid out because I was afraid she was going to get harmed. And she finally got to an age inch where her friends were around her and then those friends were bigger. And I finally said, okay, you can go out with your friends and um, that's, you know, living with that on a regular basis is something that we just need to be aware of. Some people can walk away from this and it, they're never going to have to deal with it again. Then there are those of us that it's something that we live with all the time. You know, I, I can walk away from my kids and nobody knows any better. I was talking with my, like I said, my friend earlier today, whose fiance is a cop. And I said, you know, I have a different perspective because I've been that white woman in the room. That's been the only white person. And I've heard interesting conversations. I've also been in a room full of white people that had no idea that at the time I was married to a black man and had black children. And I heard other conversations. So it's not just a, let me say one thing and do another. Your actions need to be congruent and in alignment with making this world a better place. Cause it's not just making it a better place for you. It's making it a better place for others, for your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, 
everyone because it's going to continue what is your legacy going to be is your legacy going to be that you left a legacy of mm, meh or is your legacy going to be i made this world a better place for everyone Absolutely. <clears throat> like I said before in the intro, my, my eulogy states that, that Christopher Rash will have fought for what was right and what was fair, risk for which that mattered and left the world a better place for who he was and what he did. Right. And, I, and I, and I encourage you guys out there watching this, you know, yes, like Scott said, you know, things are, things get uncomfortable, but what I've seen in my life and the people I've coached and mentored and everything is that as soon as you get comfortable being uncomfortable, that's where the that's where the the momentum the momentum is created for that growth for that learning for that deeper understanding and also for peace i have learned in the last couple of years on my journey with my coach and different things i have a deeper sense of peace and calm less anger more understanding but still that fight still that still that thing and that's what i what i thought about when i approached you and i approached some other people about this conversation and kind of did, and talking with my wife and saying you know what i want to say something i want to do something but you know, there's this part of me and I'm like, you know, do I, you know, to become controversial, do I start edging out of there? You know, what's going to happen? What are people going to think? And at the same time, I immediately thought of my son and I thought of my legacy and I'm like, yeah, you know, my son can easily look back on my YouTube videos and everything I posted and everything I've created and go, wow, dad inspired people. He motivated people. He did all these things. But at the end of the day, you know, what example are you setting for your, for your kids and your, and everybody else and the legacy that you want to leave? Go out there and make a difference. Start having the conversation. Start asking the questions. And like Raquel said, go into it with an open heart. I mean, I have so many questions in my mind. And sometimes I'm like, okay, how do you say this? And how do you say this? But you just have to say it. And like you said, say it with heart and go, okay, now I'm open to understanding. Now I'm open to receiving. Okay, geez, I thought about it this way. Now I can think about it this way. And it's just a deeper meaning and understanding. Raquel, going back to the other question, you know, in your in your experience, I guess overall, have you seen racism? Have you seen this? You know, was it improving? Is it getting worse now that everybody's a keyboard warrior? What, what changes have you seen? And have, have there been any changes on either side, even from, you know, from whites or from blacks and how they react, you know, talk to us about the conversation of has this improved or were we just joking ourselves all along? Well, I can only speak from my perspective as a white woman. So that question, um, the other half of the question, maybe when you, not maybe, but when you have a guest on that is a black man or black woman, they can answer that. Oh, yeah. um, that's, I'm not qualified to answer that. Um, from my perspective, it seems as if there were moments in time where I thought it was getting better. And then there have been moments in time where I think it's getting worse or just stagnating. You know, it's moments like where I, I've seen moments like this, you know, I mean, if we were literally to read a list of all the black men that have been murdered, you know, by these bad cops, um, it would take quite a while to read all their names. And that's like without breathing, just to read the names. And until we can stop doing that, I, I, I'm not going to say it's getting better, you know, a, a black man running in his neighborhood in Atlanta, getting hunted down by white men and being murdered. That's, that's not okay. A black man sitting in his living room and eating ice cream, watching TV, being shot by a cop, you know, um, just the list goes on and on, you know, um, I, I wish I'd had the list of names 
handy, but I got home and didn't have enough time to print that out. But, you know, if people can do their research. And so I, I don't, I'm not going to, when it gets better, we'll know. But mm -hmm. again, it's going to take time and healing, but at least we're talking about it. Yes. You yes. know, and thank you again, and thank you again for being on here and doing that. Um, that's, 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 I mean, that's my impetus to continue the conversation, not to, not to make it a flavor of the month type of thing, which I'm not anyway. Um, and just seeing the the people that we're impacting Blythe Miller, welcome Blythe. Uh, I'm not, I don't know you, but welcome to the show. Blythe says it bothers me when the media that's, story, that's my cousin. Hi cousin Blythe. Um, <laughs> it bothers me when media store starts stories with identifying race, this black person or this white person did this or that. What are your thoughts on that? Would it make a difference towards inclusivity if the detail was left out? By the way, hi, cousin. Uh, massive questions. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's beautiful. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Raquel? I, I get that it it bothers it bothers me too. Um, I would love for us to just consider each other as human race. I would love for us to to be at that point. But the fact is we, we do see color and that's not a bad thing. You know, mm -hmm. I want, you know, people to, you know, that's part of who we are. You know, I'm a white woman. There's nothing wrong with that. My son is a black little man. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, what is what I have noticed that I don't appreciate quite often uh, when I used to watch the news, honestly, I haven't, I banned the news about a decade ago in my home. It just wasn't, if it doesn't bring peace into my home, I don't want it. And, but what I would notice quite often was that there would be a storyline and they would talk about this man, blah, 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 no racial identifier at all. But then the only racial racial identifier was when they were talking about a person of color, specifically a black person. So, I, Blythe, I don't have answers to your questions if the, if because it's really a hypothetical. I have no idea. I, I don't think that those things are going to create inclusive inclusive. I can't talk inclusivity. Blah, yeah, that word. <laughs> That's all right. I stumbled on it too. Inclusivity. <laughs> <clears throat> you did that perfectly. Um, My fourth try. <laughs> I feel tongue tied. I usually don't talk this much. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> it's I'm not this much this serious, right? right? I know I've been serious right. for an hour. I'm like going, holy yeah. crap, this is unlike yeah. me. But, I'm going mean, to have to watch stand-up comedy after this. Yeah, um, yeah, no doubt. You know, so I don't have answers to what would create us to see each other as a human race. Uh, I do know that one of the things that bothers me is when people are referred to as aliens, you know, we're all humans. None of us are aliens, you know, that mm -hmm. that's just not a thing. Um, you know, when I was younger, my parents sponsored a couple from Mexico and they got their citizenship and I'm still in touch with this amazing family and their amazing sons who now have kids of their own. And, you know, that's the community I grew up in. I grew up in people that were, had moved here from Mexico and that are first generation American. And they're incredible human beings. They are not aliens, you know? So we have to, first of all, acknowledge each other's humanity and acknowledge that our differences aren't bad. They're actually beautiful. That's what I think would make a difference in my opinion, my humble opinion.
Yes. And I would agree with that too. It's, it's, it's less about giving labels and like stereotyping and saying those things. It's like, just treat each other with that decency and that respect. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, I just had two different thoughts at the same time. My brain just kind of snapped. I saw um, it. Explode. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh Oh, you froze. once in a while trisha what's your computer i don't know we just roll with it it happens yep um yeah i mean in everything that we've talked about what is it that that really the message you want to send the thing you want to share um that can help us all start somewhere you know i was i was looking at black lives matter.com today i was i was looking at different posts i was watching different videos from people who are african-american and black and that's another thing it's like do you call them black do you call them african-american da, 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 da. but i was watching these videos and just getting different perspectives but you know to kind of send us off because i i want to i want to end this on on a on a note that um can really empower people or, or cause people to go somewhere and think differently you know, for me, when I, when I get on stage and I get in front of a, a group of people, this is how I do it. As I sit there and I've been in front of 600, a thousand people. And I tell people to look around the room and I say, look at around the room, look at the diversity. And I can just be talking about inspiration or motivation, but it's just one of those things that pisses me off enough to sit there and talk, take that moment to really try to, to add that extra bonus feature. I'm like, take a look around the, the room. I'm like, you got different nationalities, different sexualities, different religious beliefs, different political beliefs. And I said, but you know, you, you split us down the middle. We're all human. We all have red hearts and blood and, and we're all the same. And, and I'll even go even further. Like, you know, if there's any racists in the building, you know, have you ever had a blood transfusion and asked, you know, Hey, who, what was the color of the person where you got that blood? You didn't, you took that blood because that blood was going to save your life. And I said, I just encourage you guys to go out there and just to, to see people more the same and than different, find out what that uniqueness is. And, and, and discover that and embrace that. That's why it's so cool to travel to different cultures and to go see different things. You know, I argue with my friends and they go, I hate when, you know, somebody posts something that I don't agree with. I'm like, do you want your entire Facebook feed to be full of people that agree with you and say, Hey, yeah, I mean, what a boring life that is. So for me, it's like, go out there and talk to people, have those conversations, invite them into your home, have dinners. I think you had said it before. Do those kids come over to your house? You know, including that, including different types of programs where they show diversity, um, that's something we can work on too, as a family here. I mean, my son watches all sorts of different things, but in your opinion, in your history, you know, what would be some final thoughts that you'd want everybody watching to really know and to understand and potentially, you know, if they have questions where if they want, they can reach out to you or they can send me questions. But, um, you know, I just want to thank you again for being on the show and just figure out, you know, what can we send people off with to think about? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not an expert on race relations. I just am speaking from my experience. Um, I did make a post from Brene Brown who listed several um, people that um, people could uh, go to their websites or their Facebook pages or Instagrams and, and follow. Um, there's so much information out there. And But as far as what I want to put across is take those moments and listen to people. And even if you don't agree with them in that moment, just go, you know what? It's okay. I can still hold a place of love for them. I don't have to be right. And catch yourself. Am I arguing to be right? What's more important in this moment? Is it my friendship or my relationship or needing to be right? You know, what's more important in this moment? Um, me stumbling over my words or me actually giving my heart to another human being? 
and stop for a moment and really get present with the people around you and see them. Don't look through them. You know, people know when you're looking through them and pretending they don't exist. And we've done that with each other, regardless of the color of our skin. We have gotten to the point where we don't see each other. And it just takes one person at a time. You know, one of the things that I decided to do at the beginning of May was I take these little tiny Ziploc bags. They're plastic, I'm sorry, for those that recycle. Um, I recycle too. Um, but these little tiny Ziploc snack bags and I put two chocolate kisses and I've taken little handwritten notes that say you are loved. And I keep those with me. And when I feel prompted to, I pass them out. And there are times when I just pass them out for the hell of it. You know, we all need to know that we are loved and loved and cared about. Because that's sometimes where it starts. And so, yeah, I'm just asking people to just see each other, listen, quit making people wrong. You know, have an assumption of generosity towards other people an assumption that they're trying to do good and catch each other doing good. Catch your, your significant other or your kids or other people. It'll be that butterfly effect of, you know, catching them doing good, doing good and acknowledge them, you know, and if you're having a rough day, go to your kids or your partner and, and say, well, you know what? I've had a challenging day. What, what have you done today that you want to be acknowledged for? And then when, they tell you what they did. Let them know how proud you are of them because giving love and having gratitude is where a lot of this starts. Just be, mic drop. yes, mic, see, mic drop, mic drop. Don't notice that my, my, my arm goes like that now because I saw a bunch but mic drop ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wow. So beautifully said, Cal. So hashtag be a good human. Hell yeah, be a good fucking human. It's my show. I can do it. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm like, so my emotions are so all over the place. I have another comment here from my good friend, brother from another mother, Mr. David Anthony Cammon. So, so thankful for you're here. You're here, man. So I uh, appreciate you. Uh, exactly, Raquel, this house, aka as the United States, needs to be rebuilt from the foundation up, and therefore it can't be done in the moment consistently and collectively over a period of time, real and lasting change will come to this nation. Yes. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, read it and weep. It's right there. It's right there. Yes. Any final, final comments before I close out the show? If people want to reach out to me, I'm open. I don't have all the answers. Maybe I can point them in the right direction. And thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Oh. I want to acknowledge you for having the courage to use your platform for good every time. Thank you. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. I am going to, uh, let's see, we got here, uh, Christy Jones. Thank you, Christy, for being here. Thank you guys all for being here. Listen to people, be present here and see each person. Yes. yes. Other sister from another minister, Tina Johnson. Thank you, Raquel and Christopher. Grateful for you both to beautiful souls. Trisha, yes. Um, I want to acknowledge you again and just sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart for your, your transparency, your vulnerability, your strength, your love, 
your parenting, your wisdom, your outlook, uh, your heart, you know, seriously. Um, I know we're going to have lots more conversations and, uh, and you're welcome also, because this is, this is a turning point in my life and my career as a broadcaster and an interviewer and, and, you know, somebody who takes my legacy very seriously about fighting for what's right and what's fair and risking for which that mattered. So thank you. So I'm going to put you in the back room for a second. I'm going to end the show and then we can talk a little bit after that, but just, uh, thank you. On. You're welcome. Um, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the raw and unscripted show with Christopher Roush and our special guest. Um, it's been an hour and it's been one of the most impactful hours and inspiring hours that I've spent in a long time having a conversation with somebody. I have lots of conversations every day, but when you really consider, you know, the investment and the value of listening to somebody and getting to know their story and seeing how things personally impact them and their families and how the, you know, the things that normally don't impact us, you know, it, it, it's, it's a weird thing for me to say that I'm a privileged white man. It's, it's a weird thing. You know, it's, it's something that before I would argue with and not understand, but now I understand that that is actually a good thing. And that good thing is that I can take my voice, my passion for seeing people as, as the same and use that to make a difference in my world. And my world may be, you know, uh, 200 people, 300 people, 3000 people, whatever it might be. But I really encourage you through Raquel's message, through my message, through the comments that we've had tonight, which have been phenomenal. Thank you guys again for being here. You know, we can take that message and that central message is love. First of all, love yourself. You guys have heard me say that on the show dozens and dozens of times. When I ask people, you know, who is it you love the most or who, who is your priority in your life? And they'll tell me 17 different people. And I'm like, what about you? Oh yeah, I come last or, you know, that's okay. You know, I'm, I just want to make sure everybody else is healthy. But when you think about it, if you're not giving a hundred percent of yourself, if you don't totally love and take care of yourself and you're giving out of that reservoir, maybe 40%, you're giving that person you love the most only 40% of your soul. So you have to love yourself first. You can't go around with all the anger and resentment and the baggage in your life for the last 20, 30, 15, 60 years, whatever it might be, and expect to show love and be love. You know, my buddy Scott, who's been on here, he has a program called, called go, go Love Now. And it, it talks about that specific point and how we can create more love and transparency and congruency and, you know, um, togetherness in the world. But it all starts with you guys. It all starts with me. So I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful that Raquel was here on the show that you guys showed up here tonight and you're listening to this, whether it's live or on the replay, but I just urge you, and I'm here to help you. If you don't know where to start or what to do, reach out to me. You guys know I'm always here from you morning, noon, night. However, I can help you be an advocate and show you the way or introduce you to people that might know things. I'm going to be reaching out and asking you guys for more stuff so that we can collectively, you know, figure out what the change is and the change is right now, at least talking and listening and understanding and empathizing and, and not being so scared to stand up and say, Hey, listen, I got a problem with a cop doing this. And I'm not saying all cops are bad or all cops are good. I got a problem with this and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. So guess what? At least for me, and I'll leave you guys in this parting vote or parting thing. When I think about what I can specifically do in my life, like specifically, one thing that I will acknowledge right here and right now, when I go in the voting booth, I vote for like the major things, but the God's honest truth, sheriff of, okay, eh, and I, yeah, he seems like he's been doing a good job or you know, that superintendent of schools, da, 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 that one, oh, okay, you know, he's with my party or whatever it might be. We as voters must, must, must 
get more involved. We must read the initiatives. We must know who our elected officials are, know their background, know their stance on police brutality. I get chills. Know their stance on different things that affect you, whether it's homelessness or, or, or discrimination or injustice or, you know, whatever it might be, get involved, go to those council meetings, go to those different meetings. I, for one, talked to my wife and I said, we got to start going to these things. We can't, I've been to them before and I want to blow my head off, not literally, but it's just like the stupidity in the room makes me go crazy. So I'm like, I'm just going to run away and hide and only deal with my world. But that's not, that's not going to be the solution. That's not going to be the long-term solution. We have to go get active. We have to figure out what's going on and vote these people out and get the right people in and get the right people excited enough to run so that we have more pools of candidates and change the laws on our books. But most importantly right now, just show and give love. Just show and give love. Just be there for people and show your heart and, and just open up your mind and, and everything. And together we can get through this. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for being here. This is the Raw and Unscripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush. Hey, by the way, one more thing. If you dug this conversation and you have something you want to say, something that you want to get off your chest, please show up Friday night lives, myself and Scott Friday nights, five o'clock California time. You're going to see the promo on my Facebook page Friday night. This one's going to be special. Scott and I are going to talk about our individual perspectives and our feelings about the situation. But more importantly, we want you guys to have a place. So if you're interested in coming on the show with us, spending 15, 20 minutes talking about some segment of this or that you don't understand, or you want to understand better or something you've been, you've been through that you want to share that might help other people. We want you on the show. We want you to be there and participate with us. So send me a private message and say, Hey, Chris, I want to come on the show for a little bit and talk about some stuff. We want you to have a place. We want you to have a home. We want to have the conversation and we want to be a safe place for you guys to have it. So we invite you. So again, show up Friday night, 5 PM. Friday Night Live, the promo is going to be coming out tomorrow. You guys could check it out. I love you guys. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Stay kick-ass, stay unstoppable, and for God's sakes, be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. I love you guys.